This is Simon Transparently Awakening the heart of humanity As we see beyond the lies And open our eyes to realize This is our time to rise Welcome everybody So here we are again And today I'm with a beautiful being As you all know I call everyone divine beings Lovers as opposed to just man, woman or any other label So divine being and this one is called Morgan Hey Morgan Hello (laughs) (laughs) But this is a new friend We've come together in the last few months And there was just a real beautiful synergy That slowly emerged And a lot of interests the same Around truth, transparency, authenticity Playfulness Arts, prosperity, prosperity, collaboration, collaboration, gifting. So there's just been this beautiful, yeah, just this beautiful resonance. And I felt like some of the things I've heard from Morgan about her story and about her, her life has been quite fascinating. So I wanted to bring that to you all and hoping that it can inspire you in some way. So enjoy another transparent conversation as we play through the unexpected. <laughs> yes. Yes. We get to play. <clears throat> We get to play. So we're both feeling a, a little tired from not sleeping, let's say, as long as we would have liked. Yes. Um, and I got this great sinus infection going on. So right. if I sneeze, I, it's a blessing to all the people that they're hearing, hearing it. Right. <laughs> Beautiful. And yeah, I'm feeling quite um, hot. And also, also, I always have this thing before conversation. Uh, there's always a little, a, a, a little bit of... Anxiety, but not not um, not anxiety in a sense of, of fear, but just that more like ah curiosity where it might go. Yeah, that always pops up for me. It's kind of a nice feeling. It's a sort of uh, excitable feeling as well, because because yeah. fear has that vibe, right? So mm-hmm. like fear has this sort of sense of oh yeah, it's quite exciting as well. I think that's the unknown. I yeah, the unknown exactly, and I love conversation for that reason. So I think like why don't we just dive in. Or what's like? I mean, I've heard so much about you, and I, I, I know you can share lots of things. But you know, you recently you read my Human Design, which yeah. was just I felt very beautiful, and I love these sort of systems of ways of reading and looking into the human psyche. So I found that fascinating, and also ah yeah, we, we must do this because also when I first met you, you did this little tune in. Maybe we can even do that because I, I uh, to bring the people into the space before you start. But you did this little tune-in in the sharing, and you was like, ah, oh, let me just tune in for a minute with some sound and bring myself into the present moment, which I found really, yeah, really confident and really a beautiful way to just check in with yourself. And I noticed you do that. You use sort of sound to check in with yourself. Yeah. So that's something that I'm fascinated about and how that sort of came into your being. And then there's all sorts of stuff. You know, you grew up in the ghetto. I mean, like, <laughs> it's like you, know, you grew up in the ghetto and now you do human design. You know, there's lots of things to talk about. So, yeah. so maybe you, you want to even bring the people in with a little bit of sound. And yeah, this is great. So we're going to do – I'm going to explain it just a little yeah, bit. Please, please. Um, so the reason I use sound personally is I – as I've been healing and going through my – what I call my awakening, which is really integrating my humanity and becoming mature and honoring what is there. Um, I couldn't really trust always my mind to tell me what was true. And so what started to happen, because one of my superpowers, and it's even in my human design, is I'm really connected to the sound frequencies. And so when I moved out of language and just moved into sound, I could hear my own heart. Mm. 
And, and then I could also hear other people's hearts. So all of a sudden I was like sitting at dinner tables, hearing literally people would be saying one thing and I could hear another. I'm like, what? I thought I was going insane at first until I started to check in. I'm like, is this, is this really what's happening over there? And they're like, yes. And it was, it was very strange, you know? Like, like, intuit, like the intuition was coming through that. Yeah. And it's not even like, I feel like I'm in like kind of like a romantic, uh, romantic comedy meets, uh, what is that? Like a musical. You know, because like they'll be like, hi, how are you? I'm totally afraid right now because I don't really know anyone. <laughs> and like I hear it like that loud. And right. it's just like, whoa, okay, can I give you a hug? You know, and then one of the things that I noticed when I sang, both when I tuned into my own heart, it allowed others to tune into their own heart. There was that shared because the intention was there. They could ride off my own sound wave. Mm. So that was really cool. To- yeah. Makes sense. So I hear what I'm hearing is like, it's like this, you're tuning in even to the sound of the heart. Yeah. But that's just my little you know, yeah. contribution, but it sounds sweet because I haven't, you haven't actually explained that to me before. So I appreciate that. Yeah. You've just been dropping the sound bites yeah. every now and again. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is sweet. Yeah. It's unusual, but be- unusual, but very beautiful. And, and that's what I mean when I said I felt this sense of confidence in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Rather yeah. than it just being like some random thing. It's like, oh no, actually this is, this is her way of really connecting yeah it's so. changed everything because mm. i can move from truth of my heart versus the voices in my head essentially yeah yeah so cool. let's let's drop some sound waves um we're gonna do this one let's just do it for the truth of the heart and you know to be in the inspiration of sharing our our stories hey ho 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 For anyone listening, if you're not watching the video, you're, you're, the whole energy has changed here. And I became more aware of what's going on with me. Like I could feel I'm sweating, dropping into my body, noticing like, ah, yeah, let me just take that pause. So from that pause, what's, a, what, what's alive in you? Ah, love. Mm. Love always comes alive. You know that feeling of anxiety that you talked about before? Sometimes I feel that anxiety when I enter into a new space or a new conversation or something. And it's, it's actually just a little bit of tension. And what happens when I sing is like I just relax and be myself and like my love opens up, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. so that was... I love that. Yeah. And, yeah, just tuning into I love how you said that when you come into the space and you tune in, like if you was like reading me now and just feeling me a little bit, and you know me a little bit in the last few months. What are you feeling in this space when you when you look at me at the moment, or you're feeling it, or mm. even, or you may be hearing something in my heart that I can't hear. 
Oh, okay. So there's a couple <laughs> things. So like feeling you is one. Like I felt your body relax, mm. right? So we kind of like came to the earth together. Yeah. yeah. Moved into our bodies versus our minds. Right. So that was now all of a sudden we can be really together, which right. is really great. You feel that, right? It's palpable. Yeah. yeah. We just like, dropped in. Even though we did that little intention and breath, this the, the sound was just mm, mm-hmm. go on, Karen. Yeah. So that feels really good. Like I feel with you now. Yeah. Um, and then if you have a rare thing that most of the time when you speak, it's the same thing that's in your heart. This is actually really rare. Mm. Um, most people are unpracticed in being that truthful with themselves, let alone with the people across from them. So I often hear like double energies, right? Mm. But for you, I often just hear you. Mm. I'm like, oh, you know, um, and that's it's actually calming, you know, because the the alignment of the field is easier, you know, when we're all in truth. So that's really wonderful. And I could tell you, like, if you were to just make gibberish at me, I could say what's happening in your like, depending on like where you're at, like what's happening in your body, what's happening in your heart, what's happening like in your system, yeah. you know, which is yeah. fun. That's super fun, and that, yeah, I want to share that just for people listening because they yeah. might be like, "Oh, if you share gibberish at me," but. It was really beautiful when we were having our reading and, and you just checked in with Dara first <clears throat> and it was just, you know, again, give me a sound, give me a sound rather than talk and head because often it's coming from the head, right? Like yeah. you said, just give me a sound, what's going on? And even when you asked me to that, there was, it, at first I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of nervous, right? I was nervous, <laughs> like, what do I do? Uh, and of course, it's that thing when we check in and go, what do I do? That blocks just the freedom of what it is, right? Yeah. So if it's like, just make a sound, uh, you know, whatever that sound is, then we can trust that that's just the spontaneous authenticity of that moment, yeah, right? Exactly. And then you are able to read that. And and I remember you saying to me at one point when I was doing some sound that there was a stu- almost like, no, you're giving me a little bit, but you're being quite stubborn, right? Or yeah. it's like, you don't want to give it me or you're like, oh yeah, whatever. Because in that moment as well, I was doubting, like, oh, what am I doing? Like, you know? <laughs> Isn't that yeah. And you noticed that as it yeah. came out. And, you, 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 and I love that. You said, well, he's giving me a little bit. I'm going to take that anyway. <laughs> But that really, that actually, again, that gave me confidence that you was really, you was really hearing the sound and yeah. allowing that to tap into however you engage with what's coming through you, yeah? Because Because yeah. intuition, psychic ability, the ability to feel people, yeah? yeah. Empaths, you know, our yeah. beautiful cameraman watching, you know, Eric is, you know, he's, he talks a lot about empaths and, and, and feeling and, and, you know, he's intuitive himself and we all have that capacity on some level but it's I always see it as trusting really trusting the unknown of what's coming through yeah and that takes real practice and and trust within yourself yeah and And a little bit and a little bit of magic you know like you have to have that that side of your your childlike wonder that like still believes in magic a little Mm. bit because if it's in the unknown if it's beyond logic if it's beyond like things that other people could tell you are real, right? You kind of have to be in your wondrous self, right? You know? yeah, and you have to be in your childlike self, yeah. which yeah. is which is actually whenever I look at you, I see that as well. <laughs> no, really, I see you so playful, ch- ch- childlike. Yet, you know, there's a, a depth of wisdom and lived experience, right? Yeah. And that's what that really makes up a beautiful mix. And it just reminded me, we don't have to talk too much about this, but I want to say to to people listening is that when we were on the, the, a retreat together, we were asked to go out and channel nature, right? Yeah. We were asked to go out and, and connect to a plant or a tree. 
and allow it to communicate through us. And that was really, I hadn't hadn't done that before in that way. And that really connected me to that childlike playfulness again. And I, and I, I, you know, I, I created this, one of these trees was rustling. I think you, you might remember, I might have told you after, or Dara told you. And, it, and I just, his name was Russell, you know, because it had this like vibe. <laughs> yeah. And Dara was laughing because it had this sort of reggae voice. And, you know, it was just like, hey, you know, you need to come out and hang out with us more often, you know. We had, this, we had this whole vibe going on with this tree called Russell. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And after we, we felt, Dara said, we, we have to do this with Maya, right? We have, yeah. and, and again, it's, it's this rehabilitation of imagination. Yes. Right? That's what's been coming up for me recently, the rehabilitation of imagination. How can we really get back into that playful, imaginative space? I love imagination, yeah. obviously. Yeah. I mean, I can eat a strawberry and taste it that's not in the physical reality. Mm. You know, like my imagination is so palpable that I can experience anything here as now. And that has been really great, but also like in, in a consciousness explorer, you know, if you can experience anything as real now, how do you like come to the ground, right? And be really here with people as well as be cultivating this imagination space. Because one of the things I learned um, for me specifically is like, the imagination is this beautiful realm of wonder and it needs to be played in and honored and sacred. And you got to tether it with the truth. Mm. You know, you got to tether it with the connection to the people around us because we can either use it to escape or we can use it to create or we can use it to connect or we can use it to explore, to entertain, to whatever we want. Right. And as, um, as we do that, right, as we engage in our innocent child, we also have to be our mature adult taking care of the innocent child. Mm. And when we do that, then the expansiveness is actually available. Like, whoa. You know, for me, um, my partner found me, I call it riding on unicorns. Um, So like I was in a deeply shamanic space and imaginative space, like another world, another dimension. I had not really wanted to use words for almost a month. Um, so imagine I'm just in the feeling space and I'm not really tethered to the mechanics of this reality and I can feel all the dimensions, right? And one of the things that happened though, because I didn't connect here is I lost like a little bit of like what's real, right? you know? And so I had to have another person who was willing to play with me who also bring me down. And then we got to do this, um, basically like what I call the tempering of truth, you know, and the truth loves actually the unknown and when they become best friends that's where our real magic opens up Mm. the truth and the imagination and wonder but one without the other you're kind of like too serious or riding unicorns and right yeah and and when you when you use the word truth and you say merging the truth what how do how do you define that in in, in your way yeah so that's a really good question because most people don't have the same definition of truth. So I've been on an evolution of truth. So now my truth is like what lives inside of me, you know, and telling what it feels like and um, just sharing the, the realness of the experience. Yeah. Right um, there, whatever's going on in this, in you, in your body temple. Yeah, in my body temple. And, um, and I kind of separate it from the story. The story is a necessary component to go on a journey to gather the wisdom of learned experience. But my truth is more, oh, I'm, I'm afraid. You yeah. know, like that's the truth. Yeah. My story about it is the story about it. But right. like I'm actually afraid, mm. you know, or I'm 
I'm, so one of the things I just realized is I'm a runner. A runner? I'm a runner. <laughs> what my, does that mean? my coping mechanism is like I get triggered and I'm running. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And I, it, I, I, I was like that too. I still, it's still there a bit, but Dara sort of reined me in from there. Right. Podestas <laughs> did the same thing. So like, and it will be funny because I'll be like looking and my energy will be, woo, you know, and he's like, where'd you go? And I'm like, what? How did you know this? <laughs> you know, because like I learned how to keep my body in one place, but energetically I was still running. Right. Yeah. And so how do you, t- you know, like I. So you checked out basically. Yeah, yeah. Checked out. And then I become this like aloof owl kind of mm. energy. And so the telling the truth is like when I get to that running moment, you know, I get triggered and I'm like, I want to run and I'm sweating and it's taking everything I have to stay right here, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, then you can be met in that space. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then the other piece of truth is like being, for me in relationship, being able to tell someone the truth of my experience of them, right? I think that's core for us to get accurate feedback. Um, Me and Modestus have like such a great tempering relationship because we give accurate feedback. And it's not from like, I need to get you somewhere for you to learn something, but like, this is just my experience and it's having an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other side of truth is not just truth of my experience, but being able to tell someone they've impacted me, you know? And, and how they have. Not yeah. to, like you said, not to make a story or blame them, but just this is how, this is how I feel from that. Yeah, right. like you're participating in doubt and that doubt is undermining, it, it actually feels like it's undermining my stability. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Right. You know. Yeah. So you're having this like, like very transparent feedback loop. Yeah. 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 Which can be confronting because all course. of a sudden nothing's hidden. Right. You know, and and like there's no pretty outfits on anymore. Mm. Yeah. 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 I love that. And the other day I was listening to somebody talk because you know I'm passionate about transparency. You know, it's something that I feel that transparency is misunderstood because that word again, you know, we, we, we play on words and words mean different things, but transparency, often people think it's brutality. Like I'm just going to tell people what I think about them, but mm. that's not what transparency mm. is about. Transparency is actually an inside job. Yes. It's actually what's going on inside of me and how am I holding and feeling and can I express from what's going on inside of me, not what is going on outside. And I, I don't get that right. You know, Dara picks me up all the time. <clears throat> Sometimes I tell her what I'm feeling. She says, that's not a feeling because we practice on feelings, yeah. right? Communicating real feelings or, I say, well, what you're doing is, no, that's what I'm doing. What's going on inside of you, you know? So we, again, we have this sharp feedback loop, which is amazing. And the other day I I wanted to mention that this uh, guy who's written a book about radical uh, honesty was speaking about these three points, like what what is it to be radically honest? Well, we have these three points of reference, right? And and I think what you just said is is key. We have the body, right? Mm -hmm. What's actually going on right now in the body? How can I articulate that and get good at articulating Mm -hmm. what's really happening? Then we have, of course, what's what's running around. Well, we call it in our head, but depending on where you look nowadays, the mind is not just in the head. It's sort of like, you know, the collective. But, you know, you're picking up these whatever, these thought forms, these stories that are going on in the head. And then, of course, you have what you're seeing literally in your, if you have, if you're not uh, blind, of course, you have what you're seeing in your, in your peripherals. So if you constantly come back to those three points and communicate with any of those, you know, you're, you're being as, you know, as clear 
or as honest or as direct as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And let them let there be some contradiction. Exactly. You know, yeah. Yeah, like sure. that's the core to truth because I think people want truth to be like a fact, like something that's um, unwavering, unmoving. Mm. And really, truth is an experience in the moment. And there's like multiple layers to that experience. And yes. so it makes it really hard for us to share sometimes because we're like, all right, my mind is saying you're terrible. I shouldn't trust you. Right. These are all the patterns and the projections. And then my body's saying, hey, maybe you can just breathe. Mm. Like maybe nothing's wrong. And then like what you're seeing is just someone smiling at you, <laughs> you know? Right. And then you're like, um, I'm confused, right. you know? Yeah. And like, can yeah. we say that we're confused, you know? Yeah. And then to actually talk about the contradictions. Um, I once wrote a, a, a poem about truth and basically I was like, I'm hunting down truth. I'm trying to find her. I'm trying to have a relationship. And then I shot her right through the head and placed her on my mantle. And then I realized that, like, truth's gone. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching that. I'm watching that visual. Yeah. And, and, and so um, I use, like, as a child, I went through a lot of trauma. So I became very good at pattern recognizing. So, like, when somebody moves their body a certain way, when they their tones change, when, like, and, and they, yeah. So I, um, and I have a really, really good recall of everything so patterns all this stuff and high emotions so that means like my memory is very very strong i see things i feel them constantly pattern recognizing so they used to, in business i used to be the person in, in the meeting going oh okay going through a divorce needs to make money uh can't tell the truth about the deal their business is in debt right and I would pick it up from little, like, because people always... Oh, you, you mean that was how you'd pick up from the patterning of how they're communicating, what they're yeah. saying behind what they're saying. Yeah. And, like, now that I know I can hear their heart, too, which is really helpful. But I would, but then I was all in the mind and watching. Okay, so they said these four things. This, oh, and they lied. Oh, and they did this. And then I would go, okay, so you're not being truthful in your negotiations. We're going to have to step away. Mm. Right? And so... It was really fascinating, you know, then to move into instead of hunting down truth in the outside, like trying to get people to be truth or get them to align because it was really frustrating. You're getting them to align to a truth that you think is the truth as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Or even like just like people are so contradictory, you yeah. know, like they can be very inspiring while being in deep pain, while being, you know, right. and like they're not allowed to be all that. So then we don't trust them. Right. Yeah. yeah. Contradictory terms. Yeah. yeah. And so, and we inherently distrust anything that's not the truth. That's, and why partial truths work um, pretty well is because they make us feel a little more comfortable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. I love that. There's a lot there. So I'm hearing, yeah. So partial, the, the contradictory of truth, and of course, everybody has their own, you know, their own expression of that, which sometimes their expression of what they even believe to be true in that moment is true for them, but they might not even be able to see that there's another layer of, of depth or truth for them. Because right? yeah. truth is also that. And then I'm hearing that there's a sense of, yeah, we feel, I just like how it ended there, is that we feel comfortable when we hear truth, right? We all, I, what was coming up as you were speaking is that we all know that truth in itself expresses itself almost without words as well. Yeah. So, you know, when somebody, or simultaneously, when somebody says something that's really true, I get this sort of instant hairs on end. Something goes in me. Not every single time. But you know when, when we've carved through a lot and somebody just says something, you just feel it. It's a real felt experience, mm -hmm. truth. Yeah? And, and I feel that in the world, there's so many, we've spoken a little bit about this yesterday, but there's so many layers of 
you know, neurosis, if you want to call it, or psychosis, where, you know, the masks are on and we're sort of just going about our day-to-day business, right? We're showing up and, yeah. and working our relationships with our children. And we just have these, you know, these, these, these filters and these layers on. And, and I have always been interested, it's, it's what you said earlier, is the reason why I'm, I'm, I guess, one level I'm passionate about transparency or this yearning for truth is because we, we all feel the same in that space, Right. On Naked Retreat or whenever I'm with my friends or we just drop in to really share what you just described, what's really going on, we can really relate at that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love it when, you know, even me, you know, I hold armor up. I have armor on at times. And when that drops away and you just see the truth, you just see a little boy. You just see little Simon, you know, in there. Because that's the, you know, the truthful aspect. And it's the same for anybody else. When they start to share what's really going on, a softening literally takes place in their face, right? Yeah. I, I call it sometimes, it's like after uh, having a really beautiful lovemaking session, you know, and you yeah. sort of see people as they really are in yeah. that like soft, loving place. Because all of a sudden, you know, what they're holding on to, the armour has fallen away. Um, so maybe that will lead us into, because you mentioned the word there, trauma, and, and how, you, you know, as you mentioned the word trauma and having your own experiences of that, I'd love for everyone listening today to, to, if they can, tune into a compassionate state of being that when we look out at another human, we always often judge them, yeah, of how we see them in their clothing, how they're showing up. And it's really difficult sometimes to realize that we're so unique and we've all had our own layer of trauma own levels of trauma and and Jeff Brown says it as we're all trauma survivors in one way or another so I don't know if you feel comfortable just to share a little bit about how you know some of the things you've overcome in your life to to really just to be here today supporting people to be more authentic yeah amazing so I want to kind of seed it at the beginning and then tell about myself so um you know there's a there's interesting ways to participate with each other that very very much undermine our capacity to connect and feel love. Truth is like one of those bridges that allow us to connect and feel love because it opens up trust. And when we have trust, we can open up more love, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the energy, we get nourished. We get soft because we're full. Right. You know? Um, needs are met in that place. Are, are, they're totally met. Mm-hmm. Um, and another way is to participate through um, really seeing people. Right? So getting rid of the mask, getting rid of the projections of who you think they are, what you think they are, and even trying to understand, rip them apart, judge them as good or bad, or this is what is happening. I call it like participating with cynicism when you look at things from breaking things apart versus just really seeing, right? Mm. So um, I see it with those three kind of energies. And then uh, my trauma, you know, most recently, my, I'll call it my last seven years, was. Um, really about healing my sexuality, healing my mind, my brain, healing my capacity to love myself. And because I had gone through such an extreme story, um, I and I'm very happy, you know, like I'm really happy. I could just be happy. I'm like, great. Shit happens. Grew up in the ghetto, got raped, got beaten, got molested, dated a terrible guy, got mold, almost died, best friend died. You know, got mold poisoning. Got mold poisoning. Yeah, <laughs> just got mold. Never yeah, got mold. Got mold poisoning. <laughs> no, she got mold poisoning for a long time. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, so there's like all these things. Like, um, you know, they, there's like uh, they do often like the list of like how much trauma can you take right. before you break. Well, apparently my tolerance is really high, and um, 
And so, but there was a moment where, uh, so when I was 21, I got sober or 20, I got sober. Um, actually 21, 21, I got sober. So my best friend had cancer and I was her caregiver. So, um, and I was not a mature human at that point. Like all I cared about was partying and I made good money selling stuff. And then I remember like learning that she got cancer. I got the phone call. I dropped to my knees, screamed as I'm staring at a cigarette because I was the bad kid, right? So I'm like, I don't understand. She's like the perfect kid and she has cancer. And then I'm the like fuck up and I, right? So right. Didn't, the universe made no more sense right. at all. Yeah. And um, then I uh, walked through with her as her caregiver with her mom for the next three years. And two years in, um, she wants to party with me. She gets jealous when I drink. So she gives me Oxycontin. Gives you what? Oxycontin. What's that? Painkillers that are really, really intensely like addicting and they're like heroin high, high dose yeah. yeah it's like heroin i mean it's for cancer patients that can't wow. right so um we're playing yahtzee we're getting high on oxycontin we're laughing our asses off we're not in pain at this moment you know which is nice i'm not in emotional pain she's not in physical pain and yahtzee's great um she goes to bed and i like walk in and i steal an oxycontin from her right i could have just asked would be no big deal she actually would have just said yes but like some part of me was like sneaky and mm. like taking the Oxycontin for later, you know, right. not even for that moment. And I get into a boat with her a little bit later and I was like, hey, I stole your Oxycontin, like just one, but it was enough, you know? And she's like, shit. And I go, and I've been drinking like crazy, doing stupid shit while drinking and da da da. And she just looks at me and she's like, um, yeah, you need to call your intervention, call your entire family and tell them the truth now. And I'm like, what, now? You know, and I thought, like, I was just going to tell her we were going to talk. And like, she's like, no, bitch, like, this is a big deal. Like, you are in a shit ton of mess. And I'm like, ah, uh, you know. So my ex-boyfriend, my parents, my sister, everybody there because I had drank and cheated on my boyfriend. I was stealing Oxycontin. My best friend's dying, da, 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 da. And I have to tell everyone all the shit I did. So I'm like sitting there just drooling, crying, going, so I convinced you that you should marry me um, while having a boyfriend, while stealing Oxycontin, while doing this, and I'm terrified, and I didn't use a condom, you know, and I'm just like. Streaming. Just streaming, and everybody just looks at me, and they're like, we love you. This is your whole family? The, the whole family. There. The whole family. The ex-boyfriend, the boyfriend. They're just like. We love you. You told the truth. That's what you needed to do. We fucking love you, you know? And there was this, like, huge lift weighted off my soul to be able to tell that deep of truth in that moment with an entire audience, mm. and all they said was, I love you. Yeah, and that's, that's profound because normally that level of, let's say, I would term it as the pain body trigger, right? That level of like playing with different emotions and, and, and lying and so on and so forth often has the capacity to trigger that in the others that then creates a whole heap of retaliation, blame, shaming, mm -hmm. guilty, and so on. So that's super interesting yeah. that you got that response. Yeah, I, the miracle of my, you know, I have a whole family that was an AA. Mm -hmm. So they, the okay. truth is right. their medicine yeah it's a value that they hold yeah so right. i mean i grew up just my dad if i was upset he's like 
okay, what's the truth, you know? So that, that's where I grew up. Right. I didn't even realize I had gotten so far away from it. You know, I was just kind of holding the burden of my best friend dying and not knowing what to do. And there was nothing I could do, mm-hmm. right? And then, uh, it, it, you know, it was just a mess of being human. Yeah. So at that level of truth, at 20, I took a, a, a fearless moral inventory of all the bad shit that I did. You know, you go talk about it, you did it that. So fast forward to 27, um, when this journey started, it was all of my suppressed trauma that I didn't even know needed to be told the truth about. Beautiful. You know? Yeah. And you had evolved on now and you know that there's other layers that you that were playing out in your subconscious and in your behavior that you weren't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. That I and that's that hidden truth piece, right? right. That are constantly there. And like when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, when you don't have the emotional intelligence or maturity to take care of yourself and make it safe, you just shove it. Mm-hmm. You suppress it, you run. You learn how to disassociate, all this stuff. And it came like a weight, like knocked me on my ass. And I did ayahuasca and all of it came to the surface, basically. And I had not a very good integration or shaman to support me. So I'm like in... First time ayahuasca? And, yeah. And, and just, just, just for people listening, what, what was that decision? Did that, because we get told that it called you, but why, why was oh, it... Oh, did not call me. Actually, I was, I'm a risk taker. Uh-huh. So I'm like sitting in the living room. My girlfriend's like, hey, you want to do this ayahuasca thing? It's supposed to be like some sacred thing. And I'm like, sure. Mm. I had no idea. Didn't research right. it. Didn't nothing. Right. They tell me to do a dieta. I'm like, whatever that is. You know, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like I literally nothing. Yeah. And I get in there and I'm like, the entire pain of humanity is going through my system right now. And I'm crying. Everybody's thanking me. And like, you know, I'm seeing timelines. I'm uh, dealing with like feeling like I'm giving birth to a demon, you know, like I have no idea what's going on and nobody told me. And I just want to say as well, just for anyone listening, cause I know that ayahuasca comes up in a lot of conversations that I have and many others. This doesn't mean that this is going to happen to you. If you do explore it, I just want to put that in there as a little yes. because this was your unique experience and ayahuasca, you know, impacts us in all many, many different ways, but you seem to have got a nice, a nice wake up. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to say the least, but carry and, on, carry and, on. And, and, you know, they ask you to set an intention before, right? Yeah. And I said, set, show me who I am and set me free. Wow. So. So you weren't messing around anyway. No. And it takes me, you know, I'm at the, finally, the integration of that first ayahuasca journey, you know, like. Well, you're right there. Let's just give timeline. So you're saying you're finally going through that integration how many years after? Like seven. Seven years after. Yeah. Because also, this is a key point as well. You did not, one, you didn't really know what you was going into. Two. You didn't know, you didn't have any integration after yeah. to even process that. Yeah. So the, for the last seven years, as that seven-year cycle, you've been literally processing and, and, and facing and integrating that experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it Let's was... take a breath in mm-hmm. that. What do you want to do? What do you want to do? Yeah. It's a lot, you know. And like you said, just to be clear with everyone... Everyone has different experiences. It was really funny because one of my girlfriends in that ceremony barely had an experience at all. And she was like, I'm really jealous. Like, you got it. And I sat there as a monk, you know. And I'm like, you're jealous of what? (laughs) You know. And um, But the, the gift of that moment, just to wrap it back into truth, is like everything that was suppressed could no longer be denied. But I didn't know it was my own suppression that I was the ghost that I was taking on. 
So imagine everything that's suppressed being projected on everything around me, me trying to heal and make sense and like all the characters kind of like showing up. Like it's almost like my suppressed ancestral, I'm talking like ancestral timelines, like old, uh, what is it, reincarnations and this life. So they're just out there casting characters and people are like, hi, okay, you want to heal this? You want to heal that? You want to, you know, and I'm, um, at that point, I wasn't aware of our projection field or how trauma really wants to heal itself if you don't know how to do be self-responsible for it. Right. Right? Yeah. And so everybody just is signing up to play the villain, the victim, the best friend, the adventure partner, whatever it was. Yeah, so all go- these shadows are playing out, exactly. And we're just seeing them come into our field. And not, if we don't have that awareness, we don't know what they're even coming in to show us that's inside of us. Exactly. And how suppression works, you know. So I think that's, you know, really core to um, when you're doing shadow work or when you go into these peak experiences, knowing that you need integration and to be self-responsible, going, okay, I'm going to honor the healing and really get that nobody in this this world around me is what I think they are, If I'm, especially at this stage. Like, I have to, like, take my projections back. Okay, you're triggering me. Okay, you're playing that character. Okay. And we release people from playing out the dark shadows, too, which is really helpful because you get to be friends with more people. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not casting them, you know, as, uh, as demons, as enemies. Right, yeah. right. And so the, that seven years was really dealing with my suppression and getting truthful about it and my own sexuality, getting truthful about how shadows work. That, you know, I, I always thought like shadow work was like, oh, my shadow. But the shadow is actually casting a shadow on others that's what we're doing and we have to be responsible for you know because like how many times has like you love someone and they saw you as something that wasn't real Mm. we're like why don't you see me it's like the shadows casting its role you know Mm. so getting responsible for that and then getting responsible the truth of my imagination so um being able to stop judging stop being cynical stop looking for what's not working, stop casting characters, you know, really clear this place out so I can hear and tell the truth and let my imagination serve a beautiful world, Mm. you know? And um, I think that's one of the, it was in the last two years, it was one of the harder ones to get rid of because we feel really unsafe as we're doing our shadow work and like healing trauma to not judge others, to not decide if they're safe or not or whatever. And, and to not release, and not to release the stories that we've created as well, because they have given us some identity. They've given us safety. They've given us some power. Yeah. Some people who communicate that they get power from being in that space, right? So all that has to die, yeah. in order to even step, you know, step beyond it. Oh my God, yes, it gives you a lot of power. Yeah, because there's a lot of power. There's a lot of energy. Right. That was. I remember that phase of like, I could walk into a room like I'm in my shadow, totally. And I could tell everybody what to do. Mm. And they would just do it. Stand up, turn around, dance, move, go this way. It was the strangest. I'm like, whoa. Right. Well, they, well they, not even a whoa, because let's be real. The dark forces, it's yeah. powerful energy. I mean, yeah. Even if we bring that and correlate it to the world, right? Why, you know, often people say, oh, why are these people so dark? Why are these people so, you know, aggressive? Why would they do that? But, I mean, that's a great example what you just described right there. Just, just to feel that level of power often is sometimes through trauma and through our life experiences easier to access than it is the power of love, the power of truth, right? Yeah. Because you have to relinquish, you have to merge that other power into this where love is more powerful, truth is more powerful, but it, it has a different, it has a different um, t- 
taste. There's a yeah. different resonance in the body, right? It, you be humble. Yeah. And you honor life and right. you, everything becomes, it comes home. Yeah. And it's a very, and you have to be totally responsible for every part of your experience and feel it. Mm. Like when I was going through my awakening in that power phase, we'll call it, I, like I felt like if I opened my voice, I could kill the world with my rage, you know, and that was really hard to, you know, I, w I was walking around and I was like, I could scream now and just kill everyone, you know, and like deal with that level of suppressed anger and like mm. honor it, you know. And not make it about other people. And, you know, it took me a while because it's like so much energy. Right. You know. Which is just to throw this in there that, that a lot of people, when we invite them into emotional release or we invite them into their anger, so many have such a resistance because they sometimes, well, I've had direct experience where people have said they don't think, if they start crying and feeling what they want to feel, they don't think it will ever stop. Yeah. And the power is too immense to take to take on. Yeah. And they don't know if they can trust how they will act from wielding that power. Yeah. So it makes total sense. Yeah. And you, in one way you can totally trust and another way you can't. Like yeah. you can totally trust if you can tell the truth about it mm. and you can ask for support and quit being on your own. You cannot trust if you're not self-responsible and you make yourself disconnected. Because mm. who you are when nobody's watching and when you're not responsible to them is... Is unpredictable. Is unpredictable. Yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, dealing with that archetype was really, really fun and terrible. And the and to get past it. So this is like in a spiritual awakening, you know, the power piece, I think, is where a lot of people get stuck. Um, and it looks like they're uh, still like they can talk the language like I at that point, I could talk the language of love. Or the language of, yeah, positivity, or, yeah. of light, if you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, of light and of da da da. Meanwhile... I'm just in total shadow, mm. you know, because if you don't have truth, it just all stays in the shadow anyways. And like, that's why, um, you know, us doing this in community actually really matters. Like the, it's very, one of the things that I had a hard time with my own awakening is like to tell the truth on your own is, is, is almost impossible, Right. you know, but if we do it together, then we're getting the feedback right. and I can feel with you. Right. I can feel when I shared something off or right. what I did hit it or totally. And you feel you, you have that collective mirror yeah. and you feel super supported and you know that you're all in this together. Yeah. And that's why community is so potent. I'm, I'm reading this beautiful book as well, talking about sexuality and going into the shadows of sexuality, which I know you've, you're doing and have done. And if you don't have a supportive community, it's, I mean, this is just their, their, their perspective, but it resonates with, with me is you can't access love without fear if you don't create that incubator with each other. Yes. Because, you know, you're going out there in this way of sometimes expressing yourself and you don't have the, like you just said, the feedback loop or the, the right mirroring to really see it. What, yeah. what, what, you know, you go into jealousy, you go into resentment, you go into blame, guilt, shame, all those, all those start playing out. Whereas if you're in a beautiful community, it can reflect that to yep. you in a nice harmonious way in a supportive way you can be like oh yeah god wow yeah i did just drop back there oh yeah oh my that pattern's playing out again so yeah it makes again it all makes sense i keep that's my favorite saying today it makes sense it makes right sense. i can feel it yeah. i can feel it yeah and and the i think the piece that you're touching on is um even in community it can become a distraction if everybody isn't willing to be self-responsible for their own coping mechanisms mm -hmm. 
Beautiful. Yeah. Nice, nice caveat. Yeah. And, and so I've been looking for people who will be self-responsible for their own coping mechanisms, not recognizing that's what I needed. You know, to be able to really tell the truth so we can get out of the trigger trigger cycle, you know. Yeah. And even myself to be able to dismantle my, my own coping mechanisms. Because when other people have their coping mechanisms and you're trying to get to truth, it triggers and then you go into yours and it's just... Right. But if we just all commit together, okay, we're going to be self-responsible. We're going to tell the truth. It's okay to make me uncomfortable. I'm okay to be uncomfortable. Right. I'm not going to take it all personal. Yeah. I, I'm doing. I'm taking responsibility for my work. You know, if I yeah. if I do get something comes up for me, I know there's something for me to own and look at. Yeah. Own my shit fully. Yeah. And and can express that, and you can support me while I'm owning my shit. But I'm not going to spit that on you because I know that that's something there for me. Yeah. And then actually, that what it sounds like is that invites the opportunity to not just be in a twenty four seven process. Yeah. Where everyone's just processing constantly over and over again because actually they're not. Going inside and it's taking responsibility. It's yeah. another form of distraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Subtle, because that can seem like you're doing the work and you're going through the process, right? Like, I'm doing my work, but actually, we're not really going into the, the wound or the wound. And uh, uh, me and Eric always talk about this, and we talk about this, um, the woundology, right? And um, Caroline Miss talks about this so beautifully. I don't know if you've heard of her, but huh. you'd pretty love this. But again, this idea that if somebody's getting a trigger into their wound and that happens a number of times, I mean, she says if it happens three times that somebody keeps coming back to you with that same trigger and they haven't done it, there's this sense of like, well, I've been there for you and now that's yours. Yeah, it's like she says there's this cut-off point yeah, yeah. where you have to have. Now, I know that can sound a little bit harsh or brutal if somebody's coming to you because they some people might need a little bit more, but there does have to be this sense of, hey, this, this is really yours, it's come up for you and now you've got to take responsibility to look at it and heal it. Well, that's the other part of the truth that we kind of talked about at the beginning. Can we tell, like, can we send it back? Right. Right? That's your doubt. That's not my doubt. That's right. your thing, not my thing. Right. I'm very clear that that's not my thing. I looked every time you came. I did the inquiry. Definitely not my thing. Right. You know? Right. But I love you and I honor you, so I'm going to look. Right. Yeah, exactly. Which, which happened to me on a, on an email, actually, a while back. I made a comment on somebody's post on Facebook and I thought it was a genuine inquiry but there was a little charge underneath because I was really I was really challenged by the level of of communication happening on this thread yeah. or this number this group and from a space where the the person that's holding this group is really advocating this sense of like you know authenticity and communication and it just felt like everyone was attacking each other that's how yeah. I interpreted it so I I made a I made a comment on that and the comment was received as I was just, I was attacking. Irony, right? Yeah. Like, I'm feeling that everyone's attacking. And in my comment, I thought it was coming from like, hey, a genuine inquiry. Like, do you really want this? Is this what you want in this group? I, I was seen as being condescending, rude, arrogant, thinking that I, who am I to come in and start saying that? And who am I to decide what they should be doing in their group? So I was like, and then at first I was like, the fuck? How's that, how's that come full back to me? And then I, I, I checked out, I, I communicated directly with the, with the person in, in, um, on the, on whose group it was. And uh, they came back on some email and, and Fred, and there was some stuff for me, right? Yeah. But not all of it was mine. Not all of it. Right. And I took on board what was mine and, and, and how I can be more um, check in with myself before with that charge and like, you know, where was my anger? And I did have some anger in there that was true, right? So that was there. But there were some other things that were just like, well, no, that's just not mine. And yeah. I think this is the clear point. Yeah. And, you know, it brought, it brought some tears to me. I was able to process a little bit of emotion. And it was like, it was rich. It was right. Great, great, it was super it was rich. A, it was a great encounter. And I'm super thankful for it. But it is, 
maturing enough to have the discernment to know what is mine and what is not. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. And to, you know, for me, I'm over-responsible. Everything's mine was one of my um, coping mechanisms from when I was a kid. So, like, to learn how to discern yeah. and go, no, 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 that's actually you. Yeah. And, and to be okay with saying, no, that's actually you. Yeah. Nope, that's actually you. Which takes time, right? Yeah. I want to just say that that takes practice as well. Because yeah. we're not so good as humans. I know this might sound slightly generalizing, but we're not so good at saying a clear no and a clear yes. Right. And that sense of taking full responsibility, which is one of the sort of values that I have. I want to take full responsibility, but there, there has to be a point of real clear boundaries as well to that. Right. Because, you know, somebody can continue to just keep prodding you. Right. Or whatever it is, they might just put in it. And there has to be a point where you can go, hey, oh, this is a boundary line now. Yeah. I love the wheel of consent for that. It's like, you know, this is like if we if we don't have a boundary now and I don't clear, communicate my clear yes and no. We're going to go into Shadowland even more. Right. We're going to both go there. Which is no fun. Yeah. And I think the other really interesting part is um, the yes, no, like a fuck yes, a fuck no. Super important, right? And then the um, ability to uh, basically not be a martyr. Like, you know, self-responsibility can become a martyr. It's my job to heal the whole planet. It's all up to me. Mm-hmm. And there's like some manglomania that becomes like, oh, and my God, you know. Right. Like it can actually go into its own shadow right. that is just really weird and it can get super destructive and undermining of our own humanity. And funny enough, it undermines the confidence in the other person. When I think I have to be responsible for all their stuff, I'm actually not trusting them to deal with it. Mm. You know? Mm, yeah. That's, that's a really important part. I'm, I'm seeing all these, at the moment I go, I just want to drop in for a moment because there's, you know, there's so many subtle layers there, right? Maybe for people listening, they'll be like, ah, oh, forget that shadow work. It seems too complex. But I want to, I want to bring something in there for, for those listening is that it's actually not so complex when you're really willing to tune into what's happening inside, yeah. right? Whether that be through journaling, meditation, silent time, to really look inward. I always say that when we open the eyes, we're often outside, the projections are going wild. But when I close my eyes, I can truly see. Because what I'm really wanting to see is what's happening inside of me. That's why I sit in meditation. I want to know like, oh my God, today, look what's going on inside of me. Wow, no wonder I'm distracted or procrastinating or, you know, or responding like I am to Dara or whatever it might be, you know, yeah. look, look, wow, look what's going on. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, that's just, a, just I just wanted to put that on there for people again, that that's the way that I really get to tune in to that part that you described earlier of like, what's, what's really true in here for me today. Yeah. Mm. And I think the, um, I feel right. The, the simple part is actually you got to love yourself. Mm. If you're anywhere in the distraction field of too far out, too far in, too far this way, too far that way, you most likely haven't spent enough time loving yourself. Because right. when you love yourself, you're in your body. Right. And then once you're in your body, it's kind of like, oh, you're like your friend says those things like you're hurting, you know, and I was angry. Okay. Mm. It becomes very simple. But if like we haven't spent time loving ourselves, then we're trying to fix everything. We're trying to get energy from something or not right. from this thing. Right. Negotiate feeling safe. Like it gets very complex. Right. And I want, I want, I want you to stay there because I think it's a great point. So let's talk a little bit about like, what, 
what does it mean for you to love yourself? And the reason why I want to bring that up is I know that sometimes people are super offended by, oh, just love yourself, it's going to be okay. I know the journey of self-love and I know how potent it is and what it brings and its, its riches are just, yeah. you know, boundless. But like, and I, I like what you just described there. One is that owning, owning what's going on inside, but what else, what else, you know? So loving yourself at the core, the first step is accepting yourself. Right. Yeah. And um, that's everything you've ever done. Right. Everything that's ever exactly. been done to you. Yeah. All of it. Yes. And and so that's like the the step one. Yeah. And even me, I'm like daily, like because of uncorking the stuff in the DNA and I stuff. I like that uncorking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's a new thing to love. Mm. This part of my sexuality or this thing mm. I did. I'm like, wow, I really told a different story about that. When, you know, um, and so like even just recently I did a, you know, like in AA you do a fearless moral inventory of all the bad things that you've mm-hmm. done to people, right? Um, That's what a, one of the stages. Yeah. Yes. And then you make apologies. Well, I did a fearless moral inventory of my sexuality and all the bad things I've done to me and other people. Beautiful. Right? And that was like, okay, I can accept that. Okay, I can accept that. Okay. Can, That's yeah. a great exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I hope everybody listening, that's a really powerful exercise to do. Yeah, because that because at the core, it, you know, one of the hardest places to accept ourselves is our yeah. sexuality, right? Yeah. And especially our, what I, you know, call a sexual center because I see myself as one big genital. You know this, right? <laughs> so, most people, I still love saying that. Most people think Simon, Simon is a dick. He thinks himself as to be a genital. Yeah. Yeah, because when you start to really integrate the wholeness of your, your lingam, your sexual center, that's how you get wholeness. Yeah. And that is actually sometimes the last point that it comes to where people can truly accept themselves. Yeah. What they have hidden in their pants. Yeah. Hiding it all the time down here. Yeah. Until you open that up and let that whatever wants to flow from there. You know, we're, we, we find it difficult to love ourselves truly. But go on, please continue. Yeah, yeah no, it's that. just like so core. And, yeah. and even for me, it was the hardest <laughs> um, place, you know. Uh, like we kind of had this conversation yesterday. I like had hypersexuality since I was a kid, not understanding why, you know, now I know why. Like I was like, oh, my dad stopped touching me when I was in, uh, when I was a kid. And then it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And then all of a sudden I needed that energy. So I had to like be sexual. The only thing that you see on TV and through your parents is sexuality. Okay. Hypersexuality wakes up. Then you have anorexia because your father wants you to stay a little kid. You know, it's just like the oh, whole mess happens. Yeah. And I'm so, I want to just jump in here because I'm so happy that you bring that up because the path that I've been on around this whole thing of speaking truth has led to the sexuality and loving ourselves led to the sexuality. And it's beautiful that you're bringing it up because how you just described that connection to the loss, I'm going to call it the loss of the love of your father. Yeah. So often the... The, the girl is constantly seeking that love of the father and the boy is seeking that love of the mother. And through that idea of, of not finding that love, we go out seeking it in all these many distorted ways and this disconnection from the big love, mm-hmm. right, which causes so much of the sexual violence, so much of the inadequacy, so much of the, you know, premature ejaculation, so much of... We're actually seeking, if, you, if anybody's listening that knows about the Imago match and this idea that we're actually seeking our parents yeah. in our relationships yeah and then when you look at it from that perspective you're like wow i'm coming into this relationship to heal yeah. the wounds of my past that changes everything not just trying to get something from you or trying to have sex or trying to build a life together and have children no we're coming together to actually heal and reconnect to the love that we lost from our parents yes boom 
so good. And our relationships mature when we stop needing them to fulfill the role of our parents, but get that we're just healing what happened with our parents. Mm. Right? Beautiful. And then we can start sharing love instead of taking love. You know, and then there's a fusion that opens up and more love, you know, like that self-love practice of of accepting yourself to give yourself love, to receive love also opens up. Finally, I can love you without trying to manipulate you into like playing the role or getting the thing or da-da-da-da-da. And when I'm feeling needy, I just like, oh God, I'm needy. Okay, let's let's love that. I'm being needy. Is Is it a real need? Is it something I haven't been talking about? Is it, you know, the wound? What is it? And like... It starts to open up a whole new level of relationship mm-hmm. that I think we all have been craving. Right. Because we know in our hearts that it's possible to have healed right. love. Right. Yeah. And we know in our hearts that tingles. What I say earlier about the tingles yeah. of truth. And we know that this free love, we we've had a we've had a direct experience of it, even if it was in, in the womb, right? We've had a direct experience that, that we are we are able to freely love. We are able to love everyone, everything that we see, you know, we can, we can open to that yeah. and we're not going to get hurt from that. Yeah. And, and we don't need anything back from anybody to love them in that way. Yeah. I mean, that, that for me is the, you know, part of the ultimate expiration of this sort of almost whatever you want to call it, journey back home as some call it, or journey back to self or, you know, just this, this, this dive into unconditional love, right? That's, yeah. that's really is when we start to tap into the unconditional. Yes. Beyond the conditions. That's where we're in that neutral, open space of like, I just love you. Yeah. Yeah. And I love myself and all is well. And everything that you said I've done is accepted. You're accepted. However you want to be is accepted. Wow. Coming from a foundation of that space, can you see how... Parenting changes, how relating changes across the field, and it has done for us. I know it is yeah. now, and with the, the communities that we're we're a part of, you know, that is starting to show itself. That's presenting itself. The way we communicate, the way it's more inclusive, the main, yeah. the way we take responsibility, the way there's less violent communication, and so mm. on and so forth. Wow, the way we can relax. Yes. Yeah, and you know, when we, I think there's two things that well. There's many things that human beings need, but they need to connect, create, and be free, Mm. right? So connection is that love piece, the feeling together, feeling in unity with all of us, right? They need to create. They need to be themselves and actually give what they're here to give, Mm. and they need to be free, Right. right? And that freedom only comes from actually total acceptance and stop needing other people to fulfill upon something or manipulating other people because we've in order to feel safe or get the love we've started to enslave each other Mm. right if you love me you'll do this it's like that's the oldest phrase right exactly and but we hold it inside so we we do the thing and we try to get the love and we try to and people can feel that right but we can also feel it like our own little prison that we've created because i have to be this way to get the love because that's the agreement i made in my head and then da 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 Mm -hmm. yeah and now there's this opportunity as we're, um, I think we're hitting like a, a, a tipping point with our collective, you know, especially our, our tribes that are connected have done enough work to be self-responsible and stopped outsourcing their need of love to others, but getting how important it is that we love others and are connected, like that switch in orientation, mm-hmm. 
you know, is actually opening up freedom. Like we're truly becoming free, which means we're truly becoming capable of creating and sharing what we're here to share. We're truly becoming capable of connecting and loving when we reverse the orientation. And so I think that's the, the gift of, you know, doing the shadow work and becoming self-responsible and also to stop looking to fixing others and judging others and like ripping them apart or being cynical. Like actually look, like see and go, wow. I just want to see you in the world, mm. you know? That's a totally different orientation. Not, oh, you could just get a little better, you know? Right. Or, you know, this thing, if you, just, if you just said it in this way, I could really receive you. I don't know how many times I heard that in the spiritual community. Like, if you can just talk to me in this way, then I'll receive you. Mm. And it's like, even stepping back more, we get to just go into, oh, I fucking love you, you know? Like, mm. you get to be you. Oh, I get to be me. And whatever's coming through, it's not personal. Like if it hurts, it's not personal. If it hurts, I get to heal something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's something there for me <clears throat> that I will take full responsibility for. Yeah. yeah. And then I love this I uh this sense of I love you as you are. And in that in that in that moment that we we share that, all the other stuff that has been wanting to play out, like you said, this manipulating or even somebody trying to say this or that, that actually can't stick. Yeah. It falls away. Yeah. It's like a byproduct of that. Yeah. Rather than trying to get people to change or fix them or give advice and guidance, it's like, I love you as you are. Yeah. I give you permission to be who you are, which then allows the other person and ourselves to go, oh, how am I? Yeah. How am I? How am oh, I? Oh, I would like... I would like to express like this. It's like, wow, great. So be it. Yeah. And so, so it's almost a, a, not a bypass, but it feels like a sort of a, a quite a direct hack into, you know, the, the deeper acceptance of who you are because love only accepts. Love yeah. is inclusive. Yeah. Love isn't exclusive. It does. In fact, we've, we humans, psych, the psyche of humans have told what love does, right? Yeah. You notice that. Love, is, love will do this, this, and this, and love does that, that, and that. No, lo love actually is neutral. I see love as like, love just loves. Yeah. What does it do? It doesn't say, I love you because you're yellow and I don't love you because you've been eating too much and, and you are really horrible, just loves you, which is the example that you got from your family yeah. and the example I got from my mother and many others through my own journey of, of doing what some people would call bad, harmful, wrong, and so on. Yeah. It's like when I could love it, even more were able to just accept that that was my, my unique journey. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, and what a gift that we give each other when we love ourselves and we see each other as capable, right? Like we don't see each other as the trigger or the thing, but instead we're like, oh, I see you, I love mm. you, and you got this. That's the wave moving through, yeah. you know? But we like often it's like we try to grab onto it. Here's the shadow, here's the trigger. Let me show it to you, you know? And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. Or, or somebody shares their dream and let me tell you what's wrong with it and why it's not working. Mm -hmm. And that's very valuable, right? And it's like, no, no, it's not really valuable at all, actually. Like what I need is for you to see it and to give your belief to it and give your love to it. And mm -hmm. I think most people um, give their opinions or give their negotiations or give their agreements and like all these other things that are, because love is neutral, right? Love is just like, oh, yeah. Right. I believe in that. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give love to that. So yeah. often people will share their dream with me or share. And I was like, yeah, I give love to that. Yeah, right. I yeah. like that. I give love to that. Yeah. That can be a little uh, 
term from our from our conversation today. Yeah, I give love to that. You know, I often have this question of what would love do now? And in any situation I ask, what would love do now? If I'm in closure, if there's a friction, what would love do now? And that's a challenging question at yeah. times because it requires your ego to have to die, to get out of the way, yeah. the pain or whatever else you're trying to manipulate, like you described. And it's like, no, what would love do now? And love will always give. It will always open. It will yeah. always accept. And again, I'm giving that. I'm telling what love would do, but it's just because... That's the experience of what I've felt from love. And these words really don't do it justice because love just is. It just yeah. loves. And I, I feel that we, we sometimes along the way, we've, we've really sort of tried to bracket in and define what is and what isn't love. Uh-huh. And love just is. It isn't or isn't, it isn't, is or isn't not anything. Right? Yeah. And I think that even brings in a deeper level of acceptance when mm. we can allow that in. Yeah. I like, wow. Yeah. Nice. I, I was just thinking about love is neutral, love and it and it shows up in mirror out because love might be one day going, no. Love might be the next day going, yes. Mm. I give love to that. Or saying, you need to be with that. Mm. You know? Yeah. And my heart's open, but it's a you need to be with that. Mm. You know. I was like thinking about when I applied for art school and um I couldn't get in. I didn't have enough money. Uh, the loan, you know, art school is really expensive, and they want your parents to like do their tax thing and see if, they, and then uh, their parents sign for a loan because you're young, right? And I go home to my dad, and I'm like, Dad, I got into art school. I'm so, you know, I'm so excited, and I was so excited because I like before that I didn't even want to go to school. I was like a dropout party kid, running shit, you know. And my dad's like, Nah, and I was like, What? He's like, No, I'm not. Like, that's against my values. Like, debt, no. Like, you, you know me. And I was like, but dad, like, I tested off the score. And I'm like, wanting to go to school. He's like, you'll figure it out. Like, I love you. I believe in you. You'll figure it out. This is not the way. And so love in that moment was loving himself and his, his knowing that carrying debt was not, was not real for him. And that he knew that I would figure it out, you know. And so I ended up putting on a, a fashion show, making 60 dresses in 30 days, raising my college tuition and going to school, mm. right? And my dad was there and he went and bought dresses for people, you know. He supported a, a little bit, a lot, you know. And But it was different, you know. Like it was in alignment with his own values. I got support from my community. I built confidence. I came over an obstacle. But in that moment, love was a no. And I remember just being so pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, like, I think that's the beautiful part. Love is neutral. It's not about the action. It's not about the word. It's about the energy. Is it really the most loving thing to do? If I give you this, am I undermining who you are? Or am I undermining myself? If yeah. I give you this, you know, yeah. it's like... And if, and if we trust that each individual is welcome to their decision on that, that's another thing that we can just learn to accept, although we don't always accept because yeah. we want other people to do as we want them to do because yeah. most of the time life revolves around us right yeah. it's like no you need to help me right now you know as opposed to not realizing that the divine design may be that this is the greatest help you can get right now which turned out for you yeah oh well we could go so many places <laughs> now um yeah i'm aware i'm aware that i know that we um we have to come to a sort of close yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm aware of that just based on um where we've gone, but I'm also like, I, I had so many things popping uh, around where we could go, but at the same time, not wanting to, you know, uh, 
yeah, force that or lead that, mm-hmm. um, and just to check in with you, how are you, how are you feeling in this moment, and what feels like a, yeah, what wants to come through you in a way of sort of bringing this to a close. Yeah, or, well, nothing closes, right? Yeah, to but a, the, to the, a continuation, to of, a continuation. Of, of, of another of another conversation. Yeah, I think I, feel, you know, my heart got really soft talking about my dad. Yeah. I could just like love my dad so much. Mm. And I love his dedication to truth and really being himself. Like he's been such a great role model for me. Um, I have two dads, by the way, a stepdad and a real dad. The stepdad is the one that my childhood trauma is attached to. And then I had the weekend dad, which was my real dad. Who gave, So I had this split reality that I was in, mm-hmm. um, which is why I am such an interesting concoction. But my, my real dad, who I was just speaking about, um, feels... You know, like, I just want to channel the essence of him, which is, you know, let's be ourselves and honor ourselves and be loving and always do our best to show up for each other if we can. Mm. You know, like, that's really what love is. It's like, it's neither denying nor taking taking care of it for everyone. It's neither, you know, it's like, it's like that middle middle path. And when you have it with truth, when you have love and truth and you're walking them together, that's where we like the magic opens up because we never undermine each other, nor do we acquiesce, nor do we cater to the shadow, nor do we, you know, resist hugging someone. You know, we don't, we don't punish them. We don't, you know, nothing is uh, over extreme. It's just like, what is the most aligned, truthful, loving energy for the person and for myself in this moment when we actually can hold the more omnipresent space? And trust that whatever is the most loving, truthful thing in that moment is the thing to do. Mm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and I and also I don't separate them myself. Yeah. I can't. I can't. It's, it's this sense of I can never separate these two things. And and on some level that leads us in beautifully to that none nothing I see is separate. Yeah. You know, it feels to me that whenever we separate ourselves, that's the fall from. Love and truth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like the minute we think that, okay, I'm in this story of separation. It's me against the world. I have to, you know, uh, what's that saying? Both, you know, uh, what is it? Um, like a dog-eat-dog style. You know, it's like um, got to be the best, the, yeah. the one, got to compete with everybody, you know, strive for that, strive for greatness. And, and a lot of times that, that requires this sense of that it's me against the world and I've got to like either step on people or be better than people or beat people. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that you're not separate and the sort of filters that have created that idea of separation really start to fall away as another f- facade, as another yeah. mask, as another filter yeah. drops away, then you open up to the magic and wonder and the innocence and the playfulness that we spoke about earlier yeah. and the art and the full expression and the, the, the desire to serve and help because you know that when you're serving, you're serving the whole and when you're serving the whole, you're, you're interconnected to that whole thing. Right. And you know that, wow, what else is there to, to be other than, you know, that, that wholeness, right? And one of the talks I had recently with uh, Philip Shepard brought this back so beautifully from his book uh, Radical, uh, Radical Wholeness. And uh, that was, again, that was like this. And we just, we sort of, I'm, I'm buzzing at the moment because we sort of linked to that with the sexuality, linking that in. We become whole beings. We accept ourselves fully. We become whole. And in that acceptance, we connect to the whole. And all of a sudden, there is just this one whole. Yeah. One whole, which isn't a whole, although a hole that you could fall into, into the void <laughs> of nothingness. 
means one hole, one hole, one hole. Wholeness, everlasting wholeness. A vortex, a portal. Uh, oh my goodness. Nice. Amazing. Mm, how are you feeling? Soft, appreciative, you know. I really, I just am really extremely grateful for my life. You know, I've encountered so much challenge and so much trauma, but also I've had such great love mm. in my life, such great truth that like almost like um, built me to be confident and be able to actually integrate those experiences and to come back stronger mm. and more loving, more caring, more myself. And so, you know, just in this moment, I'm like thinking of my dad going, man, I just love you and so grateful and I'm grateful for this conversation. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and I really appreciate you, and I appreciate that we've also come into that gratitude to just just to be grateful for our parents and and all those that have walked before us, and 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 have everything's had to happen exactly how it happened for us to be sat here right now. Yeah, and we can just see the divine design and all of that, and the acceptance and all of that. And and as you're connecting to your father, I'm connected to my father, and he's no longer here. And to you know, to him, I mean, he left when I was very young, but just to you know, to know that he did the best he could to, to even bring me here, you know, and, and the stepfather that I had, you know, we have a lot of similarities, you and I. <laughs> and, you know, and for, for everyone listening, you know, Morgan is is really going to also, and, and Modestus is going to team up with us in, in really collaborating to create a, a much more, um, how, how we describe it, supportive community, um, prosperous community, you yeah. know, where we really you know share our gifts and show up from that place of really giving you know giving from a place of unconditional love giving from a place of sincerity and playfulness and love and just and just see what births out of that right and how yeah. we can really nurture those that just require a little bit of support and a reminder that they are already it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. thank you so much yes thank you thank mm-hmm. you for sharing I know we miss like, I always keep thinking of your kung fu times yeah. and the stories you thought, but we will have more conversations yeah totally I have yeah. a lot I mean we I don't need to get it all in and you, you've just started a, a little podcast yourself yeah you'll be talking about uh, truth and your experience in, in relationship yeah so we can share that with others as well and um, yeah we're going to have more conversations totally everything is perfect everything is perfect <laughs> yay thank you so much hug yes Thank you. Thank, Thank you for showing up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so happy. It's perfect. <laughs> so there you go, everyone. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Thank you to my beautiful brother for filming us and being there to support us. Thank you for Morgan. Thank you for everyone in this beautiful house that have allowed us to use this space today. And thank you for tuning in. I hope this has been beneficial. Let us know if it has. And remember, you are worth loving. <laughs> This is our time to rise